Welcome back to the Ice Bath Sports Podcast. I'm Griff. I'm Matt. Matt, episode 11. Episode 11. Man, we, we're getting pretty far. Uh, we've seen some some good growth on the podcast. And yeah. uh, we, I just want to give a nice shout out to all you guys out there listening uh, in and out every week. Uh, re- we really appreciate it. So. Yeah, not only on the pod, on YouTube, we're about to hit 4,500 subscribers right now. Yeah, um, making that close. push for 5K. Um, we may have some special things coming up for some milestones. Um, so stay tuned for our YouTube. We've got some video ideas coming up outside of the pod. So make sure you go check us out on all social platforms. We're at Ice Bath Sports on Instagram and TikTok, at Ice Bath Pod on Twitter. And you can check us out on YouTube at the Ice Bath Sports Podcast. Doing things a little backwards today, huh? A little backwards. We usually end with that. A little shameless plug in the, in the know, beginning. We're mixing it up, just like how uh, Joe Mixon mix things up this week um let's just say uh, you know griffin's take last week fell just a tad short of being correct yeah i called him ineffective overrated um said he wasn't a top 10 back and he comes out with a five touchdown performance yeah i mean he absolutely exploded 22 carries 153 yards four touchdowns on the ground alone not to mention he had four catches another 58 yards through the air and a receiving score um I mean, this is very promising for Mixon owners, right? Yeah, I mean, Joe Mixon won you your matchup. If yeah. you had Joe Mixon, you won your matchup. I mean, there's no way you lost unless you started guys like I did. Um, my my team was not very hot this week. This is the second best running back performance that I can remember to date behind Alvin Kamara's six touchdown performance on Christmas. You know, I was I I didn't really look into it, but I was listening to Matthew Barry earlier, and he said it was like the eighth best since 2000 from a running back. Well, I, I believe it, but I'm just saying yeah, from that, I, mean, I can remember. Only, uh, only other ones that I could think of, I think Jamal Charles had a really big game yeah. or, or two. Jamal Charles was just unreal. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, Mixon. We haven't really seen many people like Jamal Charles. Yeah. Well, aside from Christian McCaffrey, he might have had a big game. McCaffrey could have, Back yeah. in his heyday. Um, but, man, Mixon just came out. I think he might have listened to the pod and took that personally. Um, sorry, Joe. Sorry, Joe. Um, I already called myself out. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll move forward. You have a uh, another great matchup coming up against uh, the Steelers. Yeah. Um, and uh, hopefully he continues this war path. Yeah. As long as I'm not playing him anywhere, I I want to see him pop off. I've always liked Joe Mixon. Um, he's not the only guy that, that really had a, a huge day. Uh, Justin Fields had quite the field day. He really did. We were talking about it on the pod uh, last week, how mm-hmm. – the rest of the way, he should be a, a QB1 moving forward. And I think he's pushing top five quarterback moving forward. Um, he's finished as a top five quarterback in each of the last three weeks. And he just finished as a QB1 on Sunday. Uh, moving forward, I think he's he's got to be a must start. Um, and that running ability, I mean, he just ran for the most yards by a quarterback in a game in NFL history. Yeah. 178 yards on the ground. That's just absurd. From it, a quarterback? It's just unreal. That, that, that's, like, hard to do as a running back. Oh, but yeah. Nevertheless, an actual quarterback, like, that's Yeah, no, Justin crazy. Fields, his dual threat ability just brings such high upside. I mean, we've seen it week in and week out, year in and year out. Those mobile quarterbacks, even if they're bad as passers, they just have great fantasy upside as a runner. But the thing with Justin Fields is now he's looking like a great passer. Right. Um, he's yeah, really was, coming into his own. That was the biggest concern coming into the year, you know. Yeah. Was, can he deliver the ball to the receivers and, you know, three touchdowns this week passing, you know, yeah. that says. Yeah, not only him, Darnell Mooney's looking really good. 
Um, they got Chase Claypool. They got Claypool. Cole Komet had a really good game. We'll talk about him later. But uh, Darnell Mooney had seven catches for 43 and a touchdown on eight targets. Um, I mean, moving forward, I, I think if, if you have Mooney, you're starting him. Um, obviously, you're going to be starting Fields. I, I like him over a lot of quarterbacks right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and it hasn't really been that great of a year for quarterbacks in fantasy, unless you've had a Joe Burrow, Mahomes, or like a Josh Allen type guy. We haven't really seen that great of production from quarterback play, you know, in, in terms of quarterback play. So Justin Fields is easily stepping into a top five quarterback role right now. I, I think you're 100% right. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I picked up Fields off waivers. I mean, my team is now 1-8 and eight off another loss, and I didn't start Fields. Um, still would have lost even if I did. But, uh, yeah, it's been a rough year for me, um, to say the least. So if you're, uh, if you're in my league and listening to this, um, you've got an easy win coming up if you're playing me. How about speaking of the easy win? I, I think anybody that playing the anybody that's playing the Colts right now has a pretty easy win. Yeah, what the heck are they doing in Indianapolis right now? Um, they they fire coach Frank Reich, replace him with Jeff Saturday, who legendary center, legendary center, but he does not have any coaching experience outside of high school. Outside of high school, no, no professional coaching experience no college level coaching experience um and you know what in high school he was three and seven in the last season that he coached like what what are you doing what what are you doing you know i can i can go on a whole rant but this is obviously a marketing ploy for the indianapolis colts it's got to be they got to be tanking right Either they're tanking or they're, they're just trying to get fans in seats, almost like what the Mets were doing with Tim Tebow a couple of years ago. I think it's along the same same lines, but, I mean, it's hard to tell. Is Jim Irsay really trying to make it obvious that he's tanking, or does he really believe that they can win going forward with a coach without much I, coaching experience? I don't think they could win moving forward. That's the thing. I, the team's yeah. not good at all, and they really need a good draft coming up and good free agency. But, uh, yeah, this this team's a mess. But, but you, you sit here. And you, you take a guy who uh, like Frank Reich, who has a, a career coaching record, head coaching record, above 500. I believe he's 40, 33, and 1. All right. And you take this guy, you give him nothing to work with. Well, well, they've given him guys like Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. But in terms of quarterback play, you give him a quarterback, and you don't even give him a full year with these quarterbacks. You have Andrew Luck. You have Phillip Rivers. But, you know, Andrew Luck retires. Phil Brevard goes, they make the playoffs, he retires. You go out, you get Carson Wentz, you give him one season, you, you, you use him as a scapegoat for all of your your poor um, you know, performances towards the end of the year, which, yeah, he wasn't that great, but you know he, he did have a, a great stat line in the season, and you still were 9-8, and eight, uh, despite you know towards the end of the season your, your offensive line was falling apart. You go out, you, you trade Carson Wentz, you get Matt Ryan, and then Matt Ryan is, I believe, like, what – I don't even know what his record is, but it wasn't good. He's so, so bad that he got benched for Sam Ellinger, who was like a, a, a late-round draft pick last year, was was never supposed to be a starter, was supposed to be like a Taysom Hill-type guy, and you're going to put all the blame on Frank Reich? It makes no sense at all. I think Jim Ursay is just one of the most incompetent owners in the, in the he league. He is so um, impulsive. He makes these decisions on a whim, and he... he, he never takes any credibility for himself no accountability at all you sit here and chris chris ballard that's their gm right and yeah i believe so he uh he has not put them in a position to win in in terms of building that roster 
Yeah, there's going to they're be not some spending significant... any mo- They're not spending any money in free agency. No, there, there's got to be some significant changes with management with this team, mm-hmm. or else they might be one of the worst franchises in football over the next decade. 100%, 100%, because it, it's, it's reminding me of a, a Jerry Jones situation it is. with the Cowboys, where Ursay is dabbling too much into the, the personnel um, you know, uh, responsibilities, but... He's not doing a good job of it. At least Jerry Jones is kind of like 50-50, 60-40 with his decisions. No, Jim Ursay is is swinging and he's missing and he's still going up to the bat and doing the same exact swing. He's not fixing his mechanics at all. Well, it's infuriating. The thing with Jerry Jones is that he's been very lucky to stumble upon some competent quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, he had Romo, then Dak. I mean, right. those are two legit NFL quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Jim Ursay can't stumble along a quarterback that's not at the end of their career at this point. No. it's Now we're just sitting here waiting for who's the next washed-up quarterback that the Colts are going to start next year. Yeah, but you, you go back to last season, you, you miss the playoffs. Carson Wentz costs you a game, right? You, you give this guy not even a full year under the offense. He had, like, nobody to throw to. The offensive line was hurt towards the end of the season, and you move on from him. If you want a successful team, you can't just go and grab any quarterback and, and insert into the uh, game plan and then, like, two months later assume that they're going to turn the team around. I mean, unless you got a, a high-caliber guy like a Matthew Stafford that's you know, and all the other pieces to win a Super Bowl around him, you know, that, that's a little different of a story. But you, you take the, some of these guys and, and, again, like you said, they're on the end of their career and – you don't really have all the pieces around them, and you're just kind of expecting to, to make magic. What's the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. And that is exactly what Jim Irsay has been doing the past five years in Indianapolis. Yeah, I... Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I think that's enough about the Colts. The The team's just a disaster right now. Um, you know, outside of the Colts, I think there's got to be one more coach at least that I can think of that's on the hot seat. It's got to be Josh McDaniels right now. Um, Vegas is just they're, they're terrible. Yeah. And yeah. I I get it. You're in games till the end, but you can't finish these games. And I think a lot of that has to fall on the coaching. I don't think McDaniels, McDaniels is a good coach. I think he's holding this team back. He's holding Derek Carr back. Listen, maybe, maybe Derek Carr is not the answer for this team. But at the same time, I, I think you need to really take a look and say maybe McDaniels isn't our guy what doesn't make sense to me and this is to support your claim of Josh McDaniels not being that guy Derek Carr had a great season last year right he looked phenomenal and then you get him a weapon in Devontae Adams who he has chemistry with one of the best receivers in the league you know their buddy buddy and now all of a sudden they're, they're horrible you're telling me that adding one of the best receivers in the league, if not the best receiver in the league, is, is really going to make a team take that much of a step back. Yeah, it, it really shouldn't. And you look at last year, you know, you had all the, the distractions with Gruden and, and, and all that mess, and they still performed, and they still looked good. Now, you have a coach that has a clean slate, and he's just he has a, a good roster, and he's not doing anything with it. Josh McDaniels, I know you got to give a, a coach more than a year or two, and this goes against what I was just saying with the whole quarterback thing of you need to give a quarterback a, a year or two 
under an offense before you're actually going to see results. But you'd think in a, a, a roster that was already on paper set to be, you know, one of the best in the league, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, and it's performing at this low of a level, there's got to be blame put somewhere in this situation. And I think you, you got to, you know, start questioning, hey, again, is McDaniels, is he your guy? Yeah, I think one of the biggest mistakes was uh, getting rid of, of Rich Bisaccia after he came in and did yep. what he did with that team. Yeah. Um, like like you were saying, with the Gruden, the whole Gruden mess, Bisaccia really came in and cleaned up that locker room. He gained the respect of a lot of the players. The players really rallied behind him. I mean, I, I remember seeing something about how he was writing handwritten I was notes about to, to bring every that up. single player. Yeah, after the season, he wrote handwritten notes yes. to every single player, thanking them for the season. Rich Bisaccia should have been the head coach there, is all I'm saying. I, I am with you 110% there. Um, I do want to give a little sh- bit of a shout-out to uh, a guy that we've been high on all season, but after his performance on Thursday night, how can how can you not just mention mention Damian Pierce? I mean, he's a hard runner. He really is. 139 yards against the Eagles, who, you know, their defense is not a, you know a slouchy defense. Um, I just want to give kudos to Pierce. Yeah, he's he, a strong RB2 player right now. He's a, he's a hard runner, but he's also very elusive. His right. cuts are just very, very clean, mm-hmm. and just watching him, you you could tell this this guy really has potential to be one of the next big backs in this league. He he reminds me of a young Marshawn Lynch in a way. Not as big, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, Damian Pierce. Hey, we've been Damian Pierce believers, and uh, it's starting to pay off. But uh, one more recap. Uh, sorry for all of our rants so far, but Green Bay Packers. What, what happened? happened? Uh, How do you lose the Detroit Lions? <laughs> uh, I mean, Green Bay fans should start slamming down the panic button right about now. They've now lost five games in a row. Yeah. Uh, they have not shown much promise in offense whatsoever. Their defense was looking good, but now they lost their best pass rusher and one of their best defensive players in Rashawn Gary. He had a torn ACL. Um, I mean, just a lot of questions in Green Bay that's going to be answered this offseason. I mean, I I think you got to write him off this season. Um, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers, anything can happen, but he's not looked like Aaron Rodgers this year. No, he really hasn't. Um, he had three interceptions it, in the red zone last game against the Lions. Yeah, that was his first time having two picks in the red zone in a game in his entire career. Yep. This is, I think, uh, you know, obviously he, he needs Devontae Adams. I mean, that's pretty clear. Or a receiver in general. I mean, he doesn't Yeah, have or a receiver help. in general, but at the same time, I think I think this is it for Aaron Rodgers. As much as it sucks to say, I mean, I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a great dude. He's hilarious. Um, but that doesn't translate to good football. You know, I, I think he really needs to take a look in the mirror and just say, maybe I don't got it anymore. Um, and maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not. Maybe the the receivers are really just bad. Maybe well, the team and the isn't offensive really, line has been really banged up. This, the O line has been banged up. Maybe the the management hasn't. Obviously, they have not done a good job to put a team around them. But at the same time, even with what he's got, he should be making some of these throws that he's just not. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will defend him a little bit. One of, one of those interceptions this past week was a tipped ball. Yeah, it was. That that was just a, a great tip drill play by the you know, Detroit defense. Um, but again, he's not making 
throws he, sh- he should, like you said. So uh, it's a tough situation. But. Yeah, I think this team's season's pretty much done. Um, Definitely. I think you could write them off for making the playoffs. Having no Rashawn Gary, uh, who's arguably their best defensive player, mm-hmm. has had a huge impact on the pass rush. I mean, Gary's one of the best young pass rushers in the league, and losing that early on has been really detrimental to the uh, to the success of the defense or lack thereof. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think the Packers are a playoff team anymore. Um, I think they just look forward to the draft, whether that's finding a replacement for uh, Aaron Rodgers or – You got Jordan Love. Is Jordan Love really the guy? Well, that's that's a, a, one of the big questions they I have mean, this offseason. I mean, you just have – you have no idea. You don't. I mean, and, and – Until it, you could really see is, him get significant play. Which, at this point in the season, you, you're almost writing off the season to your bench Rodgers. I don't you, think you, you can. You I, put in love and see what you got with them. I mean, they have no spark on offense. Maybe this is the spark they need. It's a good point, but it's still Aaron Rodgers. I don't think you could bench him. Now, you could bench him in fantasy. Yeah, 100%. You're, you're not starting Aaron Rodgers in fantasy moving forward. That's yeah. just our biggest takeaway there. All right, um, let's move into week 10. Week 10. A lot, enough enough negative the, of week 9. but uh, the, the amazing week you had last week in terms of picks. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what happened. I went twelve and one. Um, Matt, you went seven and five. We don't talk about that. That brings you to uh, seventy nine, fifty five and one. Still a very, very respectable record. Brings me to eighty three, fifty two and one. Dude's got a four game lead on me right now. Yeah, that was yeah, just I've, a I've, huge. In uh, the only game I got wrong, I have a lot of room to pick up. The only game I got wrong was my own team. Yeah. Oh, that Jets bias, you know. <laughs> the Jets bias, man. <laughs> um. Our first game, Thursday night, it's an electric game. It's going to be Atlanta at Carolina. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a touchdown scored in this one. Oh, 100%, because both defenses suck. Yeah, but it's also Thursday night football. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's something. There's something going on the in Thursday first. night football. It, it is. I. This is going to be a rough game. I, I probably will not watch this one. I'm not going to lie. I think I'd, I've got I, better things to do on a Thursday night. Than I'd rather watch. Game. I'd rather watch an Amazon warehouse pick up basketball game than uh, watch Amazon Prime. Yeah, uh, that being or said, I, I'm Prime. going with Atlanta. I think the uh, the Carolina run defense is just really bad, and I think Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier both put up um, some pretty big numbers and win this game. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I got Atlanta. Um, I'd like to see you know Mariota air it out a little bit. I'd, I'd like to see Pitts get involved just because. You have somebody that's that's so talented and he's not being utilized. But um, regardless, Atlanta's the better team on you know all around. So give me Atlanta. Yep, I agree. Then uh, we have Seattle and Tampa Bay in Germany on Sunday morning. Germany, Whew. Germany game. Um, this one's kind of a toss up. It's those those neutral site games. I I don't really know which way to go. I'm gonna go with Tampa here. They're coming off a really big win. Um, I think that really boosted the morale of that entire team. And yeah. Tampa has not impressed me at all this season, even even can't, after last week's win. I can't say they've impressed me either. Uh, you know, a team that has impressed me has been Seattle, and Seattle's just continued to win games. They're 6-3. and three. Uh, I think they win this game here. It, there's no home field advantage because it, it's on foreign ground. It's in Germany. Um, I, I mean, as, as much as I hate to bet against Brady, uh, I just I think Geno Smith is having – he's having a career year, hands down, but – who would have thunk it? Yeah. Uh, who on Tampa secondary is covering DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? Um, I mean, Tampa has a good run D. I think they'll be able to stop Kenneth Walker. Uh, 
but I, I still think Seattle wins this game. Tampa has a horrible offensive line right now. They, they just haven't really looked that great. Chris Godwin has not been spectacular by any means. Um, give me Seattle. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how Tariq Woolen matches up with Mike Evans in this one. Yeah, I mean, you got two big guys. Woolen's got to be one of the front runners for uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year right now, and you know, Mike Evans is Mike Evans. Yeah, right. Mike Evans is so underrated. I, I do want to just mention that real quick. Like he, he's had over a thousand yards receiving in every one of his, you know, seasons, seasons playing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, next matchup, we got Minnesota at Buffalo. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Minnesota because um, I, I'm still waiting on the report, but uh, seems like Josh Allen could have a significant injury. Um, it's they're fearing that it's his UCL and some nerve damage along with that. And if it is a UCL tear, he will probably need Tommy John surgery, which I, I don't think I can recall any quarterbacks getting Tommy John. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's definitely been some, but not none that I can remember. Um, and if he does need Tommy John, you could count him out for next year too. Um, from the reports that I've seen so far, they're not as concerned as they oh, okay. thought. Uh, I mean, I, I think even if he misses this game, I, I think that Buffalo still wins this with Case Keenum. I'm taking Buffalo no matter what. I think uh, I have not been impressed at all with Minnesota's defense. Um, I think I think Buffalo just is a well-oiled machine on offense no matter who's at QB. I mean, Case Keenum's a ser- more than serviceable quarterback to begin with. Oh, no, 100%. Um, I mean, and, and you add Josh Allen in the mix if he is playing. Just his ability he has, his mobility, um, make plays on the ground, it just, I think, sets them apart from Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota also is due to lose a game pretty soon. Yeah, I'm still going Minnesota here. Give me Kirk. Kirk it's Cousins. Not, it's not prime time, I don't Yeah, that's so. true. Uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm taking Buffalo. All right. Got uh, Detroit at Chicago here. Give me Chicago all day. It's Chicago's Justin, on fire. Justin you know? Fields has a field day here. Yep, um, I'm also going Chicago. Yep, don't really need to get too far into that game. Yeah, we, we kind of yeah we talked about Fields a little yeah. bit already. Um, Denver at Tennessee. I'm Tough gonna game. go. I'm gonna go Tennessee here. I I also have to go Tennessee. Derrick Henry is just in midseason form right now. Yeah, I mean, when is he not in midseason form though? Derrick Henry. True. Derrick Henry is the best pure runner in the NFL. One of the best pure runners in NFL history. I, I, I can agree with that. And I, I I don't see anybody on Denver stopping him. Derrick Henry is a fast Larry Zonka. Prove yeah. me wrong. I mean, yeah. Prove me wrong. Uh, but, I mean, Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee, I was worried about their offensive line going in this year. Their offensive line does not look like, you know, it's of much concern. Malik Wills did not look great. but oh, Ryan Tannehill, terrible. Ryan Tannehill should be back for this game. Um Denver just again another one of these teams that is underperforming. Give me Tennessee. I don't think Denver's run D is going to be able to stop them. Yeah, I got Tennessee as well. Uh, Jacksonville at KC. Give me KC all day long here. KC, yeah. I'm, you know Jacksonville's been a surprising team all year long. They have, and you know, credit got to give credit where credit's due. Trevor Lawrence has just been good enough to keep him in games, win games. Um, he's been a really great game manager. Game manager, the run game's been really, really good. Taking a step up, and and you kind of got to look at Trevor Lawrence this year as a rookie season. Him and both ETN, ETN missed it from injury. Mm. Lawrence missed it because Urban Meyer. Yes. Um, I mean, so this is kind of like a rookie season for both those guys. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you're viewing Lawrence's season as a rookie season, he's having a really, really good rookie season. Yeah, I mean the teams, the teams got a very, very bright future. I think. 
Um, but yeah, right now Casey's just too strong for them. Give me right. KC by a couple scores here. And what's the next game? Griff? Got Cleveland at Miami. Cleveland at Miami. Cleveland still without their starting quarterback, but uh, I believe next week Watson can start practicing again. Uh, yes. Yeah, because no. this is week 10, so week 11. I think he suspended the first 11, right? Right, but he's allowed to start practicing. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, either way, I'm going Miami in this game. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Miami too. Miami just looks unreal. They do. Nobody's able to stop that speed on offense. It, it, I don't think anybody can. I, you don't have two corners that could lock up uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle all day unless you're the New York Jets. Um, that's that's true. And I, I don't want to sound like a biased Jets fan, but I do have to give a quick shout-out since they're on the bye and I can't really talk about them much this episode. DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner look like two top ten cornerbacks in the league right now. They do. They're right next to James Radbury and Darius Slay. Shout out my Eagles. Um, <laughs> listen, you can't talk about your team without <laughs> me talking about mine. We got Houston at the Giants. Um, I'm going to go with the Giants here at home. Uh, Houston's just kind of one of those teams. They're they're also pretty much a dumpster fire. Yeah, I was on the fence with this game just because Houston did look pretty solid against Philly in that first half. They you did. Know, they had us in the first half. But uh, and the Giants are just, I don't know, something about them. Unless they get help at the receiver position, I don't really see them blowing anybody out. I think it's going to be a lot of close games. Um, uh, oh, 100%. I don't think – they're not a team that's going to go out and blow out other right. teams. But they're a team that's always going to be in games, I think. Like, right, they're, but, they're but, not going to get blown out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be in games till the end. And it comes down to how Daniel Jones is able to be a game manager. And so far, he's been really good. Yeah, yeah, no. Shout out Daniel Jones. Shout out the Giants. They, they have had a great start to the season. Um, this just felt like a little bit of a trap game to me going in, but I, I still I got to play it safe. I got to go to the Giants to win the game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you got New Orleans at Pittsburgh. Give me New Orleans here. Pitt just is not it. Kenny Pickett is you know having his, his growing pains uh, as a rookie quarterback. Uh, you, you lose a weapon and chase Claypool. I mean, I expect I actually I expect George Pickens to have a big game here. I could see that. Uh, give me New Orleans as well. I think Pittsburgh is just better off losing. Yeah. I mean, at this, if you don't think Pickett's the guy, then you land one of the top quarterbacks. If you believe in Pickett, you land a guy like Will Anderson to get on the opposite side of T.J. Watt. Well, Pickett has shown flashes, but this is another team that doesn't really have that great of protection up front, and and Pickett really hasn't had the you know the time to throw and prove his right. himself as a passer. He, he's had to go in and and yeah, use his the, legs a the lot. The O line's very bad. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, I think <clears throat> after, if they could have a good draft and good free agency, they could be back on track for next year. But this year is not the year for them. Give me New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. Um, Vegas versus Indy. We just, you know, discussed why uh, Indianapolis is not going to look that great this year. This is a must win for Vegas. This this is a big game for Vegas. If Vegas loses, <clears throat> Josh McDaniels gets fired. Yeah, I, that's I'm my that. That's my take. Yeah. If Vegas loses this game to Indy, and Jeff Saturday's first game coaching at a level higher than high school, Josh McDaniels deserves to lose his job. Yeah, how can you look at Josh McDaniels after losing a game like this and, and say he's the guy? Um, give me Vegas. This is a must win for Vegas. I must agree. win for McDaniels' continuous career. Um, Dallas at Green Bay. Um, Green Bay is, uh, I believe, they're five and a half point dogs at home. Um, so Vegas is pretty much saying they're 
equal to the Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, this team is not good, and Dallas is just much better. Give me Dallas by a couple scores. Dallas has an incredible defense. Um, Green Bay has a, a pretty and defense, but it's going to get worse now without Sean Gary. Their offense has looked awful. Um, I, I, I'm, I'd be surprised if Green Bay put up double-digit points in this game. I Give would, me too. Dallas. Look, I mean, look at what they just did against the worst defense in the league. Yeah. Now you're facing one of the, uh, probably a top-five defense in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, just going off that, Green Bay should get blown out. Yeah, I, I, I could see like a, a 30- to 6-point game here. Yeah. Um, then we got Arizona at the Rams, the last of the four o'clocks. Yeah, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna take the Rams here. Um, I think this one for the Rams is also a must win. Mm-hmm. You're coming off a a brutal loss to Tampa. Um, at the, at the end of the game, I mean, you were in it. Stafford just has to play better, and he's he's needed to play better all year, and he just really hasn't. I think Cooper Cup has a really big game against Arizona, though. Um. Yeah, I think Cooper Cup goes off, but I'm looking at it in perspective of can the Rams stop their Arizona's offense? And and Arizona's defense has looked pretty solid so far this year. I, I can't complain with how they've been performing. They're performing a lot better yeah, than I got, thought Yeah, I got to give another shout-out to Byron Murphy. He's been really good. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they, they focus on, on Cup and, you know, try to make Stafford beat them elsewhere. Uh, I like Arizona in this game. I really like Arizona in this game. Uh, I think the Ramsey-Hopkins matchup should be really entertaining to watch. Get mm-hmm. your popcorn. Um, yeah, that could be an interesting game. But you got guys like Rondale Moore. You got, you know, uh, Kyler Murray, who can make plays on his legs, with, with, with his legs. Uh, and Stafford just has not been good this year. So, give me Arizona. All right. And then Sunday night, we got the uh, Chargers at San Fran. Uh, give me San Fran. I mean, I, I think this is one of the best teams in football. Um, yep. One completely healthy. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's going to have a huge game. And, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I just don't have faith in the Chargers right now. Yeah, the Chargers are really uh, – I'm losing a lot of hope in them. I know injuries have plagued them all season, uh, and they are really banged up at the moment. But I, I don't see a, a scenario where they overcome San Fran and that San Fran run game. I agree. Uh, and then Monday night, Washington at Philly. Give me, give me, give me my Eagles. Nine and zero, baby. Yeah, Eagles move to nine and zero in this one. Um, you know, is, Washington always plays the Eagles tough. They do. But well, last, last time we played them, we, we absolutely yeah. Embarrassed I was just gonna say Washington. that, and I think this is kind of another embarrassment game. I think Philly wins pretty big. Yeah, yeah, and um, the only thing that would scare me is uh, the the backfield of Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, just because our run defense. You know, gave up just 139 yards to right. Damian Pierce, uh, but I'm I'm really hoping our pass rush takes out Heineke and uh, we we win this game. Give me uh, Robert Quinn two two sacks. All right, all right. It's, know, time for the waiver. I think it's time to hop into the waiver wire watch. Waiver wire watch. <laughs> um, um, Got to start it off with Justin Fields. I mean, I, I know he's rostered in about 70 percent of sleeper leagues, but if you have a guy like this, a QB, a sure. QB1 that's available in 30% of leagues. You have to do your due diligence and check because if he's there, you're most likely picking him up. Right now, I would take fields over guys like Herbert, guys like Brady, and possibly Joe Burrow, depending on a matchup. 
Okay. I, th- yeah, I yeah. think uh, there's only a couple quarterbacks that moving forward are going to be ranked above him. Who then those would be your Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, and honestly, I I could see I could justify putting Fields at number five right now. Yeah, one one hundred percent. I mean, we we talked about Fields earlier. How how can you look at a guy who just put up like fifty points in fantasy and not think, hey, he's you know a, a top tier quarterback? I mean, he, this is a guy that is a must start. I'm wishing he was in the York chat right now. <laughs> um, I mean, you could have had him. I know. Uh, next up on the waiver wire watch, we got Cole Komet uh, staying in Chicago. Uh, you look at his matchup this week. The Lions are one of the worst defenses versus tight ends in fantasy. Uh, Komet has a nice matchup against this defense, uh, who, I mean, has been bottom tier in general all year. Uh, and, you know, I, we we both think Justin Fields is going to have an insane day against Detroit. Yeah. Uh, and Komet seems to be his red zone threat, uh, especially after last week. You know, he had, he puts up two touchdowns against Miami. Uh, and uh, if you don't have a top tight end, uh, you're likely playing, you know, against matchups at this point. You know, you're maybe adding Evan Ingram right. or Dawson Knox or someone like that uh, and, and just playing matchups. But uh, I, I think Komet th- this week is uh, definitely a good play. And he's only rostered in 22% of sleeper leagues. So Yeah. Next up, we've got Jeff Wilson. After the 49ers traded uh, Wilson to Miami, a lot of people dropped him um, because of the fact that Raheem Mostert looks like an RB2. A sure, yeah. a sure RB2. And Wilson comes in and he... Uh, his first game with Miami didn't really get eased into it. He took 50% of the offensive snaps and he outtouched Raheem Mostert 12 to 9. Um, moving forward, I think both these guys are touchdown dependent flex plays. Yeah. I think it's an interesting backfield because they are two very similar backs, very quick. Um, I think Wilson's just better in the passing game and he provides more upside in that aspect. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a very interesting backfield. I think. I think the uh, the Dolphins made the right move, um, moving on from Edmonds and bringing in Jeff Wilson, and it's just another playmaker for this Mike McDaniel offense. And... Well, and both are Mike McDaniel's guys, right? You know, they, right. they both played for him under uh, San Francisco when he was the OC over there, and uh, I think that's part of the reason they brought him in. And they wouldn't have brought him in if they weren't going to use him. Yeah, like I, I saw a lot of people scratching their heads at this move at the trade deadline, but I thought it made total sense. Niners bring in McCaffrey. They have no no usage for Jeff Wilson. Why not get something from him? And Mike McDaniel's, who, you know, Jeff Wilson knows that type of offense. It's a match made in heaven, and I think he has you know some solid fantasy value right now. Yeah. So right now, I I would prefer Wilson over Mostert though. Um, really? Yeah, I, I would uh, because of the passing game. I think I okay. think he's just a better receiving back than Raheem Mostert, and in this type of offense, I think the uh, the running back has got has got to be the the safety blanket for Tua if he's not able to stretch the field. I mean, Tua's just been really, really good at taking care of the football. And I, I think uh, Jeff Wilson's going to be a big part of that moving forward for the rest of the year. Yeah, I would still give a slight edge personally to Mostert just because he has that speed, that big playability, um, which I've always liked him for and just injuries have played his career. Hmm. Um, yeah, you go back a couple of years, he – in San Francisco, he was like a, a running back two, borderline RB one, uh, you know, over there. But again, injuries hurt him. So I, I like Moster as long as he stays healthy. 
Um, next up. Yeah, we got Terrace Marshall. Um, he's only rostered in 12% of sleeper leagues. He's likely available. Um, his last two games, he went four for 87. And this past Sunday, he went three for 53 with a touchdown with nine and six targets in those two games. The volume increasing um, in his target share is usually a good indicator for receivers. And I think it's just a matter of time before he breaks out. I really like Terrace Marshall out of college. He was a stud at LSU. He was. He was uh, in I that same receiving group with uh, Jamar Chase. And, uh, it, you know, I, I think Marshall's just been – he struggled out the gate, one, because he hasn't really been getting the reps, mm-hmm. and two, the quarterback play has just been terrible there. Right. Um, but you have a really good matchup coming up. They're playing uh, Atlanta, and Atlanta's secondary is just eh. Yeah. I think this is a, a great matchup for uh, guys like DJ Moore. Um, and I think if you're in a deeper two-quarterback or super flex league, I could justify starting either Baker Mayfield or P.J. Walker. Walk, on Walker's starts. getting the start. Is he? Yeah, yeah, I saw that yesterday. Oh, okay. Walker's starting, which, I mean, it, it, it really makes me upset that you're, you're going back and forth between all these quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't but, like, like that. Like... Right, right. If PJ Walker's your guy, ride him out all game. Don't take him out and put him in Mayfield. I, I, I hate that. I think that that really uh, shuffles up, you know, the the locker room, and it just it's something you just you can't do in football. Uh, and our, our last guy in the waiver wire watch is Donovan Peoples Jones. Now DP, DPJ uh, has had at least fifty yards in the last five games, with seventy plus in four of those five. He brings in nearly all of his targets, and he provides that big playability. Uh, he seems to be the clear number two behind Amari Cooper, and his increase in production could definitely warrant a roster spot moving forward. Uh, he's rostered only 36% of sleeper leagues, so he is most likely available. Uh, and, I mean, I know you might be a little worried at first because it's like, oh, the wide receiver two on a, a run-heavy team, but going forward, I think they're going to be a lot more pass-heavy than people think when, when Watson comes back. So this is a nice stash going, going forward. Yeah, DPJ is another one of those young receivers <clears throat> that I really liked out of college. Um, out of Michigan. Yeah. Um, he's just a big body, stretch the field, deep ball guy. Um, yeah, he's really he, go he up and really get it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I mean I'm really high on DPJ, especially in dynasty leagues. I I think I've got him in both my dynasty leagues. Um, yeah. Moving forward, I like DPJ even in redraft leagues. I think he's worth stashing, like Matt said, especially for when Watson comes back. I mean, we don't know how how comfortable Watson's going to be with these receivers. He may look to develop some chemistry with younger guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones right now. So I guess it's just kind of wait and see for when he comes back. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to wrap things up. Uh, I'd like to, you know, once again, thank all of you for, for listening and uh, especially for, you know, helping us get to almost 5K on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, huge shout out to everyone. Uh, don't forget to get out and vote today. Um, it is election day. And as always, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. And thanks for tuning into the Ice Path. As always, stay, stay cool. cool.